0: This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge,
2: the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host Francie and here we cover everything electric vehicle and electric vehicle adjacent as I like to say. Thank you for joining me in this corner of the internet. Uh, I am usually pretty on it with the cadence of these podcasts but I gotta say this past week was a bit of a whirlwind. I went all the way over to North Carolina to get a pretty good deal on a VinFast VF8 that is now my Out of spec company car. Uh, So I'll be updating you all on that, not only the process of getting it, which you can see on the Out of Spec Reviews channel, but also uh, road tripping it back from North Carolina to Tennessee and then living with it as my daily commuter. So we'll have some VinFast VF8 Francie updates along the way. But we are not talking about VinFast today. We are talking about a big change in the EV space that we're going to see going forward. And this is a bit of a first, and that is Ford's most recent announcements regarding the access for Ford customers to the Tesla supercharging network. So let's dive into today's topic. So on January 31st, 2024, just yesterday, Jim Farley tweeted, yesterday from when I'm recording this, Jim Farley, CEO of Ford Motor Vehicles, tweeted, when we announced Ford EVs would get access to Tesla superchargers, I said we'd send customers a fast charging adapter. I'm pleased to confirm that eligible hashtag Mustang Mach-E and hashtag F-150 Lightning owners in the U.S. and Canada can reserve a complimentary adapter starting soon. This is our way of saying thank you. We want to make charging more convenient for our Ford EV owners, so we're excited to add Tesla chargers and we'll continue growing our blue oval charge network. More details soon. Soon, 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 soon. Later, we will have our friends of Out of Spec, my friends Patrick and Liv from Mach-E Vlog on to talk about their experience with the Mach-E, what they think about getting access to the Tesla supercharging network and more, including etiquette at superchargers and all of the above. So... Let's carry on into a bit more of the details of this headline. So customers will be able to reserve an adapter and you will need to reserve an adapter. This is not available yet as far as February 1st, 2024, but they will be sent to you for free, which is nice. It's unclear if the technology and the adapter. I know that this is going to be kind of a really interesting and tough space as we progress in the electric vehicle future. How are adapters going to work? How are we going to make sure that they're safe? How are we going to standardize them? Dot, dot, dot. So we're not sure if it will support a full 500-amp or just 350-amp limitation like the Magic Docks. At first, the Magic Docks are the Tesla supercharger stations that have the CCS adapter built in. I have not been to one yet. And though we have seen a Rivian receiving 500-amps on a V4 dispenser Magic Dock recently, we're expecting maybe that 500-amps Will be rolled out to V3 superchargers in the near future. I also want to pull up this tweet from Jim Farley that we thought was kind of funny. So uh, he tweeted what I read earlier. Then someone asks Matt Lynn, Hey Jim, can we get the specifications of the adapter? Will it support a full 500 amps or will it mirror the Magic Dock 350 amp limitation? Jim says, Yes. <laughs> Classic. So the 500 amp Uh, ability would be especially nice for F-150 Lightning owners. So the F-150 Lightning has a large battery and it requires a lot of energy to really get all of the potential out of it and the value out of it. So there's about a 10-minute charging boost that Ford has built in at 500 amps to give a few minutes at 175 or more kilowatts. So this is a really great powerful charge, something that I have not seen on my VF-8 so far. So it's helpful to get a a good bit of energy in a short amount of time, shortens your charging time for sure. So what about the Mach-E? The Mach-E does get a boost as well, maybe for more around two to three minutes, and it can get up to around 160 kilowatts at peak charging rates. And like I said, we'll have Liv and Patrick on from Mach-E Vlog soon to talk all about their experience with their Mach-E. One thing that is not mentioned is how are these adapters going to fit into our lives? What about any handy dandy places? Where will we literally put it when we're not using it? Of course. So with the Tesla to CCS adapter it just kind of rolls around i've been in teslas before if you're going to use the ccs network like maybe you put it in the the side compartment in your in your driver's door, maybe you put it in the middle console, maybe it just rolls around your trunk. So it would be amazing if they created like created a carrying case or an attachment so the adapter could be stored in an easily accessible location. Realistically, there are many places to put it and plenty of storage, but it would be cool to have a neat solution so it doesn't roll or rattle around. There are some concerns, of course, and we can look at these in terms of software and hardware interoperability. So software interoperability, it's hard to make chargers work on every single EV from every single auto manufacturer. Even folks at Charin, uh, which we went to the Testival Fest, the testing fest in Ohio this past year, spoke to how adapters will be a bit of a nightmare. And even someone referred to them as evil So I think there are definitely a lot of intense and uh, very concerned opinions about how adapters will make it into the EV charging landscape. And software interoperability can lead to, or lack thereof, lead to many problems and issues. Communication problems with the chargers on VINFAST, their signet surge on EGMP vehicles, and overall CCS charging chaos does exist in the space. Opening to only one or a select few manufacturers at a time, as Tesla is doing, I think, and I think you can agree, will help reduce the risk of widespread problems and make it easier to address problems as they arise with a partner that you are walking hand-in-hand with, hopefully. So we're not done being the guinea pigs, my dear electric vehicle driving friends. Hardware issues. Ford EVs charge on the front driver's side, like my of uh, Fast VF8, as opposed to the rear driver's side on Teslas. This means every Ford EV will take, you know, probably more parking spaces than necessary. And that will definitely be a challenge here. Part of the reason... Uh, this is part of the reason that the V4 chargers that Tesla will put in have longer cables and will have longer cables so that they can be more accessible for different types of vehicles. It may lead to an inefficient use of supercharger locations, though, and more congestion for the time being. I think even the way that things are set up now, people have to or choose to park a little funky sometimes. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. On the VF8 road trip, I did see at Tesla Supercharger stations because Jor- Jordan, uh, out of spec, bestie, drove along with me in a Tesla Model Y performance. And we would go to Supercharger locations and they had Tesla had already been taking out the bollards uh, at the stations at many of them that we saw. They just piled them up uh, nearby. I guess collection will be happening happening later. You know, this is probably initiative for the Cybertruck to be able to fit, you know, in the future but obviously very clearly future-proofing and uh, taking an initiative that the Tesla Supercharging Network is expanding its access across other automakers and models that will need equitable access in a lot of ways to these charging stations. So interesting story. We still have to stay tuned. These adapters are not in hands of Ford customers yet, but speaking of Ford customers, let's go now to include our friends Patrick and Liv to talk about this topic. All right, everyone, and now we are joined by Liv and Patrick from the Mach-E vlog, our friends over there, where they, you know, y'all travel around, you share your experience, you cover the story of living with an EV, the Ford Mach-E, and I'm excited to have you on to speak as Ford customers, and also you are, you know, kind of experts in the space, you have been very public about what you've learned along the way, and you have some opinions to share, of course, about the access to the Supercharger network for Ford customers. So first off, thank you for coming on to the podcast.
3: We're excited to be on here.
2: Yeah,
4: thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, I kind of can't believe it's your first time on the podcast, so oh, I really I appreciate it. it. Like
3: we watch so much. <laughs> yeah, we do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I watch you all too. If we cool. just hang out with each other, but maybe just not simultaneously. There That's you
3: go. <laughs> Probably, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, first off, um, just in case people aren't familiar with you all or your work, can you tell me when the Maki first came into your life?
3: Uh, it, we're getting close to three years now when we first took delivery of the Maki, um, which was in March 2021. But we actually put in a reservation at the LA Auto Show when we first saw it in 2019. So, we've been sort of covering the Maki for a wow. while. Um, Pretty
4: much since well, it first appeared, <laughs> and we
3: we um, made the YouTube as we went through the ordering process, and it's sort of grown into its own thing where we um, document our road trips, but also like review stuff related to EVs, other EVs, but um, a lot of it is is covering the the charging situation. So we're excited by. The recent developments.
4: And I also write for a girl's guide to cars. Now I am an adaptive driver. I'm missing my right leg. So I drive with my left leg crossed over. So I get to share about that and the sort of unique situation of driving.
2: I love that. Okay, great. That's a perfect picture that you've painted for us. And I, I really encourage everyone to check out um, your stuff, because I think y'all tell great stories as well. And you've come on to some out-of-spec channels before, so you should yeah, be familiar faces. We,
3: we've been recognized by a few people just for the race to Vegas that we initially did with Kyle. <laughs> um, and, and there was one time when we, we actually got stopped by a cop in a parking lot at a charging station, but he's, we, either you know, we see a cop coming over like, what's going on. And he's like, weren't you on a YouTube video racing to Vegas?
2: <laughs> You're like, no, that I don't uh, think that was us. I was, like, I was
3: like, no, we were doing within the speed limit. Sort of.
2: <laughs> yeah. We weren't racing at all. Um, so you said you put in your reservation at the LA auto show. So you were ready to go electric from the beginning. Seems like,
3: well, we knew we wanted to go electric. Um, I've, uh, As I always tell people, it's like I literally like came home from the hospital in a Ford Mustang. So when I saw like, oh, there's going to be an electric Mustang, I was excited. Um, I knew the fact that it's a a electric SUV Mustang is pretty controversial, but um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I love the look of it um and and there was a a lot of debate with us you know like which way that we wanted to go whether we were even going to get it or not um we we aren't like uh some youtubers kyle (coughs) that has you know (laughs) a dozen cars cars.
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely i am actually borrowing one of kyle's cars which i'm super grateful for we actually have his 2012 nissan leaf in the garage right over there. And I kind of love it. So we have the gamut of EVs really 2012 and then uh, a Maki.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some early adopter EVs kind of, but yeah. I've, I have been thinking lately, we're kind of all, if anyone's driving EV right now, you're kind of an early adopter. There's just phases of how early we're still in the beginning of it. And we're seeing a lot of changes, right? Including, you know, changing the standards that we're going to be charging our EVs with and the access to public charging. So you switched to EV, you know, you got the Machi three years ago. What exactly has your public charging experience been like up till now? Because I know y'all get on on the road often.
3: Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, of course, we're like most EV owners. We charge mostly at home, um, you know, 95% of the time or 90% of the time or whatever. But we've actually had, you know, on our road trips, we've had pretty good luck with Public charging, including EA, um, we've never been stranded. We've never been uh, desperate for a charge. There, you know, we've gone through some of the same things that a lot of people have with derated stations. Um, mostly, we're able to just like swap to a different stall and get back up to full speed. Um, but you know, it does take a bit of work. So my my co-pilot, a lot of times on these road trips, Liv has the EA app, the PlugShare app. Um, and just sort of like checking ahead to, to make sure things are working.
4: Well, and as a true YouTuber pilot, if anything goes wrong, I, I'm normally like, Ooh, catching it on camera, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Right. For the most part it's like switching handles or, uh, what was it last time we just had a black screen, but it was still charging.
3: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, just.
4: Not seamless, we, we've all seen but... those
3: EA issues, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's been good. And then sort of, it was actually as uh, out of spec was doing Rachel charge and that became bigger and bigger. I, w- I was telling Kyle, I was almost like frustrated because I wanted to go in there with my own Rachel charge of like, look at this charging disaster. Um, but it seems like as soon as Rachel charge came into being almost every single one of our charging experiences was plug in and we're good to go. So um, I know people do have issues. I know people have been stranded. I know it's been, uh, problematic. Um, and, and, and then for us, there's even like, just seeing that it adds to distress. So like we went to, uh, our, one of our road trips last year was the Tesla takeover and, um, you know, planning out the trip, I knew there was some sort of bottlenecks where chargers could be busy. So even though it wasn't an issue, I still was, it was in the back of my mind, um, and, and trying to. You know, make sure we have backup plans. So that's that's part of it. Been you know, seeing chargers busier and busier. Um, we went to CES uh, early or last month, and the EA chargers were literally full for like the entire week that we were there. And anytime I pulled up the app, it was like the chargers are all full across the entire city.
4: And that's <laughs> it, just in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs>
2: Yes. The CES is in Vegas and it sounds like those chargers were like your shirt, always be charging. Yes. A great <laughs> shirt, by the way. I wanted to shout it out. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> oh really? Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super sweet. Y'all are very cute. Love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like with some public charging, you hope for the best plan for the worst, you know, with a lot of things in life, but with Ford gearing up to provide the adapters for the Tesla network. How do you think this collaboration will impact the daily charging experience for Ford mach owners and Ford Lightning, uh, Ford F-150 Lightning owners? And is there any specific parts about this that you're excited about?
3: Uh, Free is great. <laughs> so when Jim Farley announced the adapter was going to be free, um, that was a relief. I mean, who doesn't like free? And there was a, there was a lot of debate for the past few months because he said originally that they would be sending adapters. But then we immediately got an email from Ford saying pricing has yet to be determined. So um, even though it could seem like you know this is the plan all along, it wasn't really set in stone until the past few days when we saw that announcement. Um, but the biggest thing is, is like, it doesn't for for me. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't really. It's like when I have a had a gas car. Like, I really didn't care what type of gas I was putting in my car. Uh, I know some people get particular about a brand of gas, but I don't really care. I just want more options and to go from what we have now to way more options and uh, hopefully more reliable options as well. We've all heard the. or we we've seen the the proof where Tesla is just really so far ahead with reliability. Um, I'm excited. Just more options are better.
4: Agreed. (laughs) And I'm excited, uh, to sort of even the playing field. Like we, when we first saw the Maki, I loved the aesthetics of it. We wanted an SUV that was one of the few available at the time and that's what we got, but there's, Definitely this divisiveness between CCS and Tesla. And I'm really looking forward to breaking that barrier to all of us just like co at the charging station. Uh, that's one of the exciting things about CCS charging stations is like, ooh, who's pulling up? What car is that? Do they like it? What's it like? Have they decorated it? Whatever. So this is going to change the game in that regard and make it less like us versus them and more just like everyone in their EVs and checking each other out which I is bad so. for the introverts. Though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true. You do have to put on your extrovert hat when you pull up to a charging station. Um, but was, yeah, I
4: mean, like fake sleeping. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> Definitely seen that pull the hat over your eyes. And it is a community, the EV space in general. There are some, you know, uh, the Tesla groups, the Maki groups, the lightning groups, the Vinfast group, which is apparently I am a part of now. And, um, uh, but but it's it's really great i think to open up the resources so more and more people can embrace going electric because you might have a supercharger in your area that and you don't have the ccs public charging or one that's closer to you than the other so i think it'll definitely change the game and of course a free adapter does seem like the way to go because y'all didn't choose necessarily like what technology they were going to use and if they're going to offer this what they all automakers have said like this is going to add so much value to our customers you know going over to j3400 or the north american charging standard or the tesla standard uh is is such a value add and opening up the superchargers okay if it's such a value add make it really a value add for your customers make it free
3: Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why uh, I felt confident in choosing the Mach E was that they, you know, they slapped the Mustang name on it, um, which, you know, again, that was controversial for a lot of people. But I sort of saw that as, you know, Ford is putting one of their most prominent brand names on this new EV. I felt like they were going to put the the weight of the company behind it, Um, and this sort of just proves my point of like they, like I, I don't think they. Could leave the Mustang owners, the early adopters, just high and dry. This was sort of like their, you know, part of their push of like, we're it's a Mustang. We're standing behind, we're proud of this, this product. And the same thing with the F-150 Lightning. I mean, it's the F-150 has been the best-selling car since the early 70s or something like that vehicle. Um so I think, again, it's sort of like they, they're they they're putting their weight behind this. Um, a lot of people wanted them to come up with, like, the the Ford Galaxy E or something like that. Um, I think that's easy to, you know, make it like the Edsel, where it's just a name that goes in the history books that they never want to talk about ever again, uh, if they would have named it something, like, obscure. This way, it's like they're putting their big name plates, they're standing behind it, and they're showing it by making deals with Tesla to get access to the supercharger network and then following up by providing free adapters.
2: Mm -hmm. I totally see that. And so can you remind me the specs of the Maki that you have? What's the battery size and what is typically the fast charging rates that you see out in the public?
3: So we had a first edition, we've upgraded, uh, Sort of thanks to Kyle, um, as in he influenced our decision, <laughs> and that's it. But um, we, we have a Mach-E GT Performance Edition. So it's one of the lower-range Mach-Es. Um, has 260 miles of EPA-rated range, 91-kilowatt-hour battery. It's rated at 150 kilowatts, but um, we have typically seen on EA 350-kilowatt stations, we can, pull, uh, we can peak at about, like, 165, 166. Wow. Uh, which is not too bad uh, because the the way the charging curve is is it'll hold that as well as the fact that like if we plug in it like forty percent it'll still hit that peak. It's not it's it's a it's an interesting charging curve as Kyle has pointed out. Um,
4: and etiquette wise, we're not typically shooting for the three hundred fifty kilowatt station, so <laughs>
3: yeah, because situational it, it, it's a, it's a little bit slower if we do charge on a one fifty at like an EA, but. Um, if there's only one 350, we try to leave those open for 800 volt uh, cars like the Taycan and uh, the uh, e- GIMP platforms. So we we sort of um, you know try to try to be courteous with the current situation out there, especially when there's you know EA has four stalls typically and a lot of stops. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, uh, not been bad. Um, trying to find good charging speeds for us. We've had good luck of getting, you know, the those peaks and holding it for quite a while.
2: Mm-hmm. And of what I mentioned earlier on the on the podcast before y'all came around is that we're not exactly sure of the specs of the adapter yet and what kind of yeah. uh you know the the amperage will be. And I know for the F-150 Lightning especially, they can get like um at 500 amps like over 175 kilowatts right. you know for a bit which yeah. i know you you're peaking around over 160 so i mean have you what do you think they're going to do there do you have an idea
3: so if if it's like the magic dock adapters those are i believe limited to 350 amps so therefore, with the mocking and the lightning, I think our, our max is going to be about 130 kilowatts. I've seen a lot of people getting you know around 110 to 120. So that seems in, a, in, in line with the 350 amp limit. If it hopefully like if they could increase that to 500 amps, then we should be able to get those uh, 165, 170s uh, speeds. It's. It wouldn't be, you know, as I, you know, we, we did a video on this topic and I sort of told people, I was like, it may mean instead of a 30 minute stop, you're at a 35 minute stop or instead of a 15, it takes 20 minutes or something like that. So it will be a bit slower if we are limited to 350 amps. but, um, you know, it, it depends on the situation. So it's sort of like a, a good example would be for us. Going through uh, Baker, California, one of the most famous EA stations and the big uh, supercharger station that now has version threes. Um, In a situation like that, I would probably choose EA over the supercharger. But there are you know other places like Quartzsite, Arizona, where I'm going to go over to the supercharger because they have you know way more stalls, and I'd rather go with the slower guaranteed speed than you know a crapshoot on whether I get a charger at EA.
2: Just more choices to make in the yeah. EV charging space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I, I mean, it's sort of is like like right now for us with CCS cars going through Baker, there is actually a charge point, an EV go, and a, an EA station. And for the most part, everybody chooses the EA um, because it's there. There's way more stalls.
4: There's and, a restroom, there's a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah.
2: Yeah, Ryan and I were talking about that recently. About one of he drove from Colorado to California, and there were some spots where EA was clearly the option over the supercharger network for one reason or another. So I definitely think there will be trade offs along the way. And live a minute ago, you mentioned etiquette, and I think that's been a topic of conversation around, you know, a, a maximized or usage of. Different amenities. And so some people are used to using them one way. Some people are worried that if other people come onto the supercharging network, things will change. Oh my gosh, change. So uh, I know that there are tons of benefits in this more access to public charging that is typically a pretty reliable and good charging experience, but there are some challenges. So can you tell me a little bit about etiquette and what that means? What people should be thinking if they're going over to, to a supercharger for the first time as a normal CCS? charger user.
4: I know uh, you had a great point, which was to probably try to go to less busy charging stations. We had a cars and coffee this past weekend and it was at a supercharger. And I don't think there was any moment that there weren't three people in line. So I feel like I was trying to think like, what would we possibly do if we wanted to charge there? And it would have to be like go really early um, because how's that going to work when uh, you have one CCS person waiting in line with three other Teslas. And if the spot that opens up isn't really optimized for your vehicle, um, it's going to be weird.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a good example of where, you know, you may have to just wait and try to snag a spot, but it, it may be really hard if you have a CCS car because you really need two spots to open and then uh, it, it could be some, you know, angry people when you're like plugged into the wrong spot. And I don't like even using that term because it's like, this is how our car was designed. Tesla has agreed to let us charge there. So it's it's not wrong anymore. It's just a fact of life. Um, but if we can, you know, sort of avoid some of those busier stations, I don't know. Um, you know, sometimes you're just going to have to use those busy stations, but uh, etiquette is going to be like, using less busy stations. If you do get it to a station, try to use the one on the far right, because you can park sort of like outside of the supercharger stall and not take up two spots to charge. Um, if there are other CCS cars charging, try to go right next to them because then, uh, say if you have four cars, you're, you're really only using five spots instead of if you're spread out, you could literally take up eight spots for four cars. So, um, it sounds complicated. We're going to do some videos, hopefully to educate people. Um, we know it's a long road to educating people because we still have, um, on the CCS network, we have Chevy Bolt owners that were told by their dealer to use the three fifties at EA because they'll charge faster. And you're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> so it's, we're, we're going to try to do our part. And, um, you know, advise people the best that we can. And, and some of it is literally, you know, some of the things that we Tesla owners are doing here in Southern California, like trying not to charge during the peak hours of the day when it costs more and it's busy.
4: Yeah. And some of the etiquette I think is also going to be like how we all react to each other. So perhaps practicing some kindness and patience and, um, I know it's going to be growing pains. Like this is part of what I'm excited about is to sort of get over this hump where we start pitching up at, at superchargers. Like I want to, I want it all like throw us all in there because it's going to be a little rough. And so I think we're going to head in with a positive attitude and hopefully other people will have that too, because it's definitely not going to be as seamless as all of the same proprietary vehicles showing up there. This is going to be different. Mm Mm-hmm. It will be fun.
2: Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, Yeah. more chance for friends. Um, I think you have a great point that it's all about attitude. I know after road tripping a Vinfast VF8, it is all about a positive attitude. And um, I I, have you have you signed up to get your adapter yet?
3: They haven't. They they just announced that that's going to be the way we do it, but we haven't uh, seen any official way to sign up yet. Um, Okay. But we're as soon as we find the form, we'll be blasting it out, letting everybody know where to sign up. And uh, hopefully, like we already, already have routes planned in my mind of like, as soon as we get our adapter, we're going to test this out. And uh, for example, like here to Phoenix, I mentioned Quartzsite, Arizona. So my idea is like maybe go there on the CCS network, come back on the Supercharger network and compare the experience.
2: That sounds great. Definitely let me know when you um, get the chance to sign up so I can learn about the process and how it goes for you. And then, of course, I hope you get it soon because that's what Jim Farley said, soon.
3: Yes. <laughs> that's an that's, uh, uh, OEM vague term that means sometime within the next year or two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: I they do keep saying spring 2024 for the uh, Tesla uh, supercharger access on the Ford side. There was the Tesla rep that was at a Utah city council meeting that indicated February. Um, I'd be happy with either, you know, we'd, we're, we're good with either.
4: There's a South African thing. I'm South African. And when Patrick got together with me, he had to learn the South African time terms. So if you say <laughs> just now, that means sometime in the future. If you say now, now, it means like right now. So I think that what they were saying was just, just now. now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's an African term,
2: exactly. Just have to decipher it a little bit. I love
0: that. Yeah. Uh,
2: I uh, is there anything else you're excited about? You know, obviously we're going to have more access. Um, we're going to embrace kind of a new chapter in the EV timeline. Um, and uh, luckily y'all will be out there just sharing information as you always do. So people can follow along. Um, anything else that you're looking forward to it's February 1st, 2024. What's coming next for y'all.
4: Oh gosh. Uh, first thing, just randomly, you said super fun earlier, and I'm already envisioning like what t-shirts we can make as we start showing up at superchargers. So like I'm envisioning supercharged, super fun. (laughs) <laughs> and then like a me and a Tesla EB powers unite <laughs> Ooh, EB powers unite or something Cute. so yeah. all the cool t-shirts
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: so yes. it, <laughs> it's
3: this supercharger thing is sort of like perfect timing for us um we sort of had in mind that we're going to get the, the the adapter and we'll do some a lot of road trips this year um that was our goal Anyways, and then this past weekend, we we just found out we won um, and we accepted or whatever from the Electric Vehicle Association Road Trip Ambassadors of the Year, which we are honored and humbled that we got that. um
4: And obviously, we don't road trip anywhere near as much as Kyle or a whole bunch of people, but we're very much real people for the majority of the time. We're fortunate enough to charge at home, and then once or twice a year, or as much as we can, we get to road trip and do these bigger trips. So it's uh, very much real people amount of road tripping, but we really do advocate. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> we really do advocate. Can I make that happen? No. <laughs> for EV road tripping, because we know it's possible CCS or Tesla and pretty soon both overlapping all that. So it's
3: exciting. Yeah, it feels, it feels uh, like this is going to be the year of the road trip for us as much as possible. And yeah. maybe short ones um, so that we don't have to take days off of work. But uh, we're we're hoping that this is the year of the road trip and the year that, um, you know, charging becomes like an afterthought, like you don't even think about it, um, at least with the the Ford EVs, GM EVs to start. And then hopefully it spreads quickly um, because, you know, I think every EV owner is getting tired of the, like, you can't road trip in an EV. Um, and, and and then, you know, next up we'll have to tackle the, you can't use an EV in the cold weather. You know, we'll just keep knocking these myths down one by one.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what we're here for, right? There's, there's apprehensions and um, like negative storylines, and there's some, some hint of truth in something, but the whole truth is what we're trying to convey to everyone and investigate ourselves and experience. And, and I love it. The year of the road trip. I, I love any road trip. So I'm really excited to keep following along with y'all. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your Mach-E ownership opinion about ford coming onto the tesla supercharger network how it's going to go and um, i'll keep up with your progress in getting your adapter i hope it happens now 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 yes Everyone, please make sure to go check out Maki Vlog. They're close friends of ours at Out of Spec and mine. Love y'all. And um, thank you again for coming on to the Out of Spec podcast. Hope to have you on soon um, to hear about more of your travels and anything you want to talk about. And let us know if you have any questions for them in the comments, and I'm sure they could come over and answer them.
4: Yes, definitely. Thank Thank you you. so much for having us.
2: Of course. Thanks, everyone, for plugging in for another episode of the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.
3: all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people to learn more.
0: Confidence starts with loving who you are.